0: Log Talk Radio
1: There is no earthy way of mowing <laughs> Good man is of time Which direction we are going
2: Nerecky El Camino
0: We have reached a tipping point.
1: Good evening, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea. It's time. It's time once again for The Tipping points. I'm Stephen Plotnam and joining me as always is the venerable, it is Larry Goodman, the perennial unspoken winner of Wrestling Journalist, Best Wrestling Journalist in the State. Larry, how are you doing tonight?
3: I was wondering what the hell you were going to say. So, <laughs> I'm doing, well. <laughs> when you started down that road, uh, how, I'm doing well. How are, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Now, Larry, correct me if I'm wrong. There used to be some kind of award for basically uh, best wrestling journalist or show recapper or something along those lines. Was there not?
3: Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because, yes, when the awards originally started in 2000, the Georgia wrestling award started in 2003. Uh, it was handled by a wrestling site called Georgia wrestling TK. And they ran the awards for the first, I guess until 2008. And then Georgia wrestling history, Rich Tate picked them up after that, that site went under, but in the Georgia wrestling TK version of the awards, there was a, like a reporter of the year award. Um, in the, in those early years. Uh, so yes, I did win that award a number of times.
1: And, but, well, day. who, who would win that award besides you?
3: Do you remember? <laughs> there really wasn't any. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of silly because I don't, I don't remember there at that point there really was anybody that really did a lot of reports. So, um, they did a lot of reporting. So yeah, it was kind of in a way to even have an award. Um, but, yeah, and, you know, by the way, I went back and looked, and we had some uh, controversy, Stephen, uh, about the idea of not having the announcer of the year award, and um, you were outvoted by Rob and I. We will continue that award, the announcer of the year. I don't know if you were officially. Yeah, voted. yeah, no, I, I, I saw
1: all that aching, and I, I think it's good. I think it's good that people are talking about it, but uh, I would, you know, I, again, it's cool that I'm outvoted, and uh, we're going to have that award. Though, you know, a couple of questions that I had asked on sort of like a, a place where you, me, you, and Hensley talk, uh, and, and I challenge anybody who's listening to this now. All right, without researching, without doing any research, just off the top of your head, okay, ring announcers, <laughs> answer these questions. Who's the ring announcer for Ring of Honor? Who's the ring announcer for Impact Wrestling? Who's the, ring of, who's the ring announcer for New Japan Pro Wrestling? Who's the ring announcer for SmackDown? I would venture to guess that anybody listening to this in real time could not answer the, those questions.
3: And well, I would say... Let's find out if this guy can. I think we have, yeah. uh, we have Dan Masters... I, I spy him in the uh, queue here. Is this him? You
2: guys want to? You guys want to start off hot? We'll start off hot. It sounds like we're going to have announcer of the year award. So I'm calling on behalf of of Jonathan Feltner and John Johnson and any other announcer that ever existed and won an award in Georgia. You know, to to settle this thing and find out what what the real deal is. What's going on tonight?
1: So apparently I was outvoted. By by the way, welcome to the tipping point Ben. Well, I, thanks you for know, inviting me or
2: more so begging me to be a part of tonight's broadcast to get the numbers up no problem I don't mind stepping there. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah,
1: so we'll, we'll get your mother at least. So ben, so ben what did you want to know exactly? Who is
2: Ben? <laughs> who is Ben? You said Ben what do I want to know? I don't want to know anything you guys asked me to be on tonight. I don't know who Ben is. I've never heard of Ben. Who's Ben Masters? I'm Dan of course. So, so
1: Larry, what did you want to ask Dan?
3: Well, I thought maybe he might answer those questions you were asking about who those announcers were. If anybody would be an expert on ring announcers, it would be Dan Masters, and I just saw him in the queue. This was not a planned segment, but I thought maybe I, he would I know to... who
2: the ring announcers are out there on those programs. But let's be honest; none of those ring announcers really matter when it comes to the Georgia Wrestler Announcer of the Year Award. So that's what we're really talking about here, right? The The Georgia ring announcer.
1: Who's the New Japan ring announcer?
2: Well, the English ring announcer is a man by the name of Christian Cole, who lives here in California.
1: Huh? And Impact?
2: Impact, the most recent tapings that are airing now, Josh Shibata, who lives here in L.A. So when you hear these names, although they use a different ring announcer, actually in every city they film. So when they're in Vegas, they'll use Josh. When they're in
1: and and uh, you know a Nashville number of indie or, promotions, another, another a number of indie promotions, as you know, will give away being the ring announcer in contests and things like that. Now, with that, that's something that happens.
2: Interesting. Is that ai I don't I don't know of a company out here that does that, but. Maybe. Could well, that's,
1: I mean, it's, that's a, that's a, like, no, I wouldn't say a common practice, but I think it's an indication that is ring announcer
2: truly
1: a thing? I, I mean, it gives, you know, a lot of the arguments that I read. Um, it can make were, or
2: break a live event, definitely. Not only that, but it's is, the true connection and the only connection between the fan and the ring.
1: Is that true? Um, I, I mean, in an, in an age where, you know, people are like, oh, you know, they're so necessary to hype and they're so necessary to do that. Is it though, Dan? Like, I mean, just, I'm not asking about you specifically. I'm just saying the ring announcer as a general thing in Georgia indie Wrestling, does it really, I mean, people were saying, it's just as important you, as the referee. It's just as important you, as the boy. No, I don't, it's, and I just, I don't
2: know that it's important as the referee, but could you, could you have an, could you have, an event without a ring announcer? Could you just have guys come out, have their match, go back to the back, the next two guys come out, and have a match without anyone saying anything to address the audience? I
1: would say you can't. However, I would say that that applies to any number of things that don't warrant giving an award for.
2: Uh, I mean, just because it's a. Well, there's a sort of referee like, of the year award, there's a rookie of the year award. Is there a match of the year? I mean, all those other positions are getting awards. I guess you can't have an event without a concession stand, but then again, you can. So what award are we talking about that you can't, what, war, what award is in contention? What,
3: well, it's what, it's so in The boys year, have, have never cared
2: out. who the
1: ring announces. Like, my thing is, there's a time where I think the ring announcers served a very vital purpose, but now how most places treat it, it's, You could really interchange anybody in there. That's my contention is it's not to the point where you got to have someone who's really great and it really makes the event. Um, You you
2: You could have anyone in the ring doing the ring announcing or out of the ring. But then again, you could have any audience member in the ring wrestling on the card. Couldn't you? And oftentimes, in and Georgia, it would that seems greatly to be the case.
1: affect the quality of what you're seeing.
2: Sure. I'm would. not so it, sure
1: an argument can be made that you could name three people in the state of Georgia, for example, since we're talking about the Georgia Awards, like you said. Three people, one, named three that really should be up for the award who are of high quality. I think that's already a very difficult thing to do. Um, And then the other part is, uh, I mean, my thing was, you know, commentators were part of the award, but obviously it's not a fair thing because people don't hear the commentators anymore. They're not watching those YouTube channels and all of that stuff. It just seems to me like it's a a job whose role has been greatly diminished. And I don't know if that can be argued against. Now we're going to have the award and that's wonderful, but, I don't, I don't know if you can, with a straight face, say a ring announcer in 2018 Georgia indie Wrestling serves a vital role where the quality of one guy greatly enhances the show versus somebody who's just standing in and doing it.
2: I don't so, think there's anyone on the line or listening that would have a better grasp at that question because I don't think you attend a lot of events and God knows I don't, but Larry would be the only person that can truly answer that question. That's well, a good point. You, How many live events have I gone to in the last six months? Five. So, Larry?
3: So, Well, lots, lots and lots. But I mean, th- what I would say is that it can matter. It does matter in some places and it has to do with the way it's presented. You know, it, that in a lot of places, like you said, Stephen, it's interchangeable, and that's to the detriment of the show. I cannot be
2: everywhere, okay? And I don't even want to be <laughs> where I am. So
1: <laughs> at this point, you know, it's
2: hard to turn away money when it's that good. But all I can say is it's not my fault there's no one to replace me. But, true enough. Or Do I
1: have to come to Georgia
2: been... and do it? Do I have to come to Georgia? Go to get the key to Johnny G's Fund Center and do one of these seminars and charge all the guys that want to be ring announcers in the state 50 bucks to listen to me talk for an hour and a half. Well,
3: please don't do that. But, uh, the the uh, you know, as far as naming three that are of quality, I mean, I'm still going to say that what convinced me that this award had to stay was watching Ben Masters at Wrestle America. Because I defy anybody to tell me that that does not make a that. that is what he does there makes a difference to that show? Makes a difference Who? in how many people show up. Uh, ben, remember Ben Masters? Dan? Larry. Just
2: because someone's got rocks in their mouth doesn't make them a ring announcer. Far from it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I heard.
2: I heard. Just off topic, but I did get a text a while back. Somebody asking me. They said they were somewhere and they saw somebody that said they once hung out with me nude on a New Year's Eve in Columbus, Georgia at a radio station. I said, well, that's not me. It's got to be somebody else. So that might answer that question. Ben Masters, now we know.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, Larry, uh, obviously we're still going to have the award, but let me me pose this question.
2: Am I eligible? My program airs in Georgia since I didn't get a proper – Proper introduction. Uh, million potential <laughs> viewers each week. WG mean, in America. I don't know if you, you mean you get the that paid program. You're
3: talking about that paid programming, Dan. Re- I
2: don't know if you Ring guys Warriors? get WG in America. I know <laughs> some people may not get <laughs> USA, that, that, but I think everyone info, gets.
3: That, you're talking about that infomercial, right? That that paid programming.
2: I think Ring Warriors is on every Saturday morning.
3: Yeah. Check your local yeah, not. Not a Georgia program, so it's so fine.
2: Close up. Well, but it air, but it airs in Georgia, and our numbers, by the way, since you bring up numbers, skyrocket, huge numbers, the best numbers in all of outside of the WWE. We probably got the highest numbers, the fastest growing broadcast, and the numbers don't lie.
3: They don't. You don't have numbers. It's paid programming. Larry, 80
2: million potential viewers. WGN America. Facts are facts.
3: <laughs> Right. Somebody
2: get Bill Barron's on three way and let's find out what he has to say. He's a television guy. We need people that are experts in the field. How can Steve Platinum be an expert on ring announcers? That's what you
1: got one, me for. Bill Barron How? is asleep. Right?
3: It's <laughs> <laughs> past his bedtime.
2: Similar similar to Ben Masters' career for the last one years. <laughs>
3: When I was okay. 12 years
2: old, I knew a guy named knew, I knew a guy named Ben Masters when I was 10, 11, 12 years old running the streets. Really hustler and promoter, did a fine job. Then he disappeared and I got a guy named George Lamberth on my Facebook, so I don't know what that's all. <laughs> he used to be a hell of a promoter back in his day. Is,
1: I'm asking for a prediction. Here's the awards that I think are in jeopardy in the next say 3 to 5 years ring announcer, I think the role of the manager, I mean, are, th- are these still going to be incredibly relevant? I mean, we can, we can talk circles around, Oh, but a good manager can do this and can do that. But in three to five years, are we going to, are, is there going to be a manager that has like a heel stable that we're, that we're basing angles on in a promotion that matters?
2: I don't know about that, but I think in 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, there's definitely going to be a ring announcer. I don't know if I've ever attended a wrestling event without one. So I think there'll definitely be a ring announcer. Now, whether they're any good, that's that all depends on them. They're going to go out and, you know, push and be motivated to do it. But even when you're not motivated to do it, you can still be the best. Shit. I hadn't been motivated in 15, 20 years, and I'm still better than anybody else out there. And, you can just ask around. That's not just me preaching it. Larry, is there a better ring announcer out there right now?
3: Dan, we've really missed your presence on this show. That's all I can say.
2: I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not that I don't like the other guys. It's just they're not as good as me. I have no issues with Jonathan Faulkner or any of the others. They're just not as good as me. Nigel's back in Georgia. Maybe he should get the award.
3: Um. Hmm. Well, this has been fun. I'm going to nominate Nigel
2: for the Ring Announcer of the Year Award. Listen, the year's not over yet. If he goes to an event this Friday or Saturday night, hits the ring, and does some ring announcing, he's in contention for the award, right?
3: Duly noted.
2: Good deal. All right, tell Rich Tate I said hello, and I'll talk to you guys another time.
3: All right, thanks.
2: Thanks, Rich.
1: Well, what a nice way to prove my point at the end, eh,
3: Larry? <laughs> I, I, have, I, mean, I have no idea what prompted that call, no clue whatsoever. I was not expecting that, so. <laughs> well, and maybe I should never put him on, but I did. I, well, not no, crazy. but
1: I, I think at the end of the day, as much as he wants to defend the idea of ring announcing, he himself said it, right? I still think I'm the best. You know, Nigel is okay, so if Nigel picks up a microphone and does the ring announcing, then he should be in contention. I think, I, I don't know, if that doesn't prove my point, I don't know what does. So. <laughs> anyway, I, I think it's it's fascinating. Um, it's definitely going to make for a great, awkward moment. Um when the winner is on for the awards show. But there's a topic that you wanted to talk about, Larry. Are we going to have time to do that, or do we need to uh, – We're going
3: to come to that – circle back to that at the end, because our guests wait. Uh, I'm I'm much more
1: excited about the guests. Yes, yes,
3: please. We didn't even get a chance to mention, but let's uh, bring him on right now. He's no stranger to controversy. He is the promoter and owner of Southern – honor wrestling in canton georgia he is gary lamb welcome to the kipping point sir
4: how are you buddy
3: good hey gary how are you
4: i'm doing awesome man how are you guys tonight
1: i'm doing great uh gary one quick question right off the top who is the ring announcer for southern honor
4: Well, we've had two shows and we've had two ring announcers because our first one sucked so bad he couldn't get any of the names right. So,
1: (sighs) Who was the second ring announcer that did a better job, hopefully?
4: Uh, It was a guy that works for a DDP yoga named Pat. He did a great job. He set the tone for the night. How about that? We couldn't have had the event without the ring announcer.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I mean, it's not like, you know, entrance videos, music, and all that have almost completely replaced
4: Mar- <laughs> Yeah, all purposes as of ring announcer. So. All the aside, our ring announcer for our first show messed up so bad so many times that it almost became a running joke that the second show, people were anticipating the new ring announcer. So it actually did become kind of a focal point of the uh, night.
1: <laughs> the first one did the job for the second one. So uh,
4: yeah, even uh, Larry, when you guys wrote a report about it, I can't remember the individual who wrote the report. He made several comments about the ring announcer effing up.
3: Rob, that was in Rob Roddicker's report. Yeah, yeah, I remember that.
4: <laughs> so uh,
3: Larry, it was so Gary, bad that just... I had to
4: interrupt the show and turn it into a work like I was out there <laughs> doing something about it because it was so horrible. <laughs>
1: So, Larry and Gary, if you could, could the two of you like set up what What's going on? Uh, what's the controversy happening right now with Southern Honor and other promotions? What's the What's and Gary, what do you think the like core of the beef is?
4: I don't know that there is any controversy, is there? Uh, Larry, could talk more on that.
3: Well, yeah. so uh, the the the. The preface of the the, the show was the, the what I put in the blurb is as far as you being on Gary and Matt Griffin being on is to me these going into next year you guys Southern Honor and Action are the two promotions, two newcomers and the two promotions that right now seem to have the most buzz in the state and you know Matt's run mm, five shows and you've run two shows and um, you know. It, you you seems quickly garnered a reputation for you know being one who was uh, like to stir the pot and um, generate some controversy. So, so, yeah, um, I, I'm
4: just me. I I just I'm just me. I'm passionate about what we do. Um, I'm definitely an outsider in the world of wrestling, so I wasn't aware of all the unwritten rules and really don't give two shits about the unwritten rules and. Um, I just want to put on a great product and kind of put into play what we envisioned when we started talking about starting Southern Honor a year and a half ago, and that's definitely seemed to rub some people wrong. So let me ask you about that.
3: No, but let me ask you about that. I know that I heard rumblings that of, of you getting into wrestling promoting, as you say, a year and a half ago, and in, what you decided to do first was have um, – gpw come in and use your building i'm just curious about that why did you decide to hold back in in doing it yourself and had gpw come
4: in yeah well what had happened was i was talking to some guys about starting our own promotion i have a 32,000 square foot building it's a a church meets in there on sundays we do concerts there we've done a lot of events there um I've always been a wrestling fan and kind of walked away from it a little bit. My kids had started to get back into it, that had brought me back into it. We had started to talk about doing our own event. And um, so a lot of the guys that I was talking to were members of Chris Jericho's band, Fozzie. And so I'm really good friends with several of those guys. And we were talking about doing it, and their their album just went through the roof. And they went on tour, and it was seeing all the success, and so it kind of got pushed to the back burner. During that time, um, I started attending GTW events, and so um, they approached me about needing more space, and so I allowed them to come over to our building and meet in our building, and then after they had been there, I don't know, three, maybe four months, maybe I think right around three months, um, Fozzie's Tour is coming to an end. They've been on the road now for two years. It's time for them to go back into the studio And the idea got brought up again, and I I was like, man, this is great. I, While I respect and appreciate all the GPW brings to the table, it wasn't what I personally envisioned for our building with the technology that we had. So I was like, man, yeah, we should do this. So I met with the GPW guys, told them what I was talking about doing, um, told them I was going to run on a different night, that they were more than welcome to stay in our building. Matter of fact, that we wanted them to stay in our building. And um, that I thought the products were going to be so vastly different that it would only benefit both of us. Um, in the end, they decided not to do that. They decided to go back to the high school gym they were meeting in. And um, we, we launched our product, and I, I think we've launched it well. And um, we we do what we do well. So
3: just to, just to so, you know – Close the loop on the, on the controversy part of it. In an earlier interview you did on the – I guess it was the Tapped Out Wrestling podcast, you joked about putting GPW uh, out of business. Um, oh, yeah, that was just I'm, me being a smartass.
4: We were, we were talking about QT Marshall, who I yes. greatly respect for his knowledge. Um, he is very involved with GPW, and the guy interviewing me said, well, you'll never be able to get him to come over as long as GPW is around. So I joked and said, I guess then we'll have to put him out of business. But at the end of the day, I mean business is business. I mean I'm not looking to put them out of business, but if they go out of business tomorrow, I really don't give two flips. You know, yeah. I mean I'm focused on our products. You know? I, 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 I want to be friends with everyone, but I didn't get in this business to make friends. I got into some business because we had a vision to do something different than what was being done in the state, and we saw a great need, and we saw a great hole and a great opportunity, and that's what we set out to do.
3: So let's talk about that a little bit. What is the vision you have for um, Southern Honor?
4: Um, as I was going around and checking out different independent wrestling promotions, there was a lot of great, good old school wrestling promotions in Georgia and they were putting on fantastic shows, but I didn't feel like they were embracing all the resources that are available to us in 2018. So um, with us having a permanent building, and I also understand that that's hard to do when you're setting up and tearing down in a lot of locations they're in, but with lights and video and production and being able to really incorporate storylines through social media and basically being able to produce your own television show without a television contract. I just thought that was a missing loop in um, independent wrestling here in Georgia. I felt like a lot of wrestling promotions were still running like it was 30 years ago. And, and again, that's not a knock on that. I think there, there's there's room for everybody, but I thought it left a very large niche for a more independent wrestling crowd than just a local wrestling crowd, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And so so we've been able to do that through some of the partnerships. I have two partners in this business, and um, with what I bring to the table and what they bring to the table and some of our connections with some of the bigger names in the industry, we've been able to launch pretty big and, and make an impact pretty quickly.
3: So you've run two shows so far. What have you uh, learned, other than that you needed a different ring announcer, what have you learned as far as things you might have done differently, um, things you would do differently in the future, so forth?
4: I don't know that I would do anything different so far. I've got to be honest with you. I've promoted stuff my entire life. I've done events my whole life. And our first two shows are probably the first thing that I've ever done that, that exceeded even what I envisioned. I mean, we had a very clear-cut vision about what we wanted to accomplish, and we took that and made it a reality. I think what's been a challenge from here, what's been different for me is I'm used to doing events, and when the event's over, the event's over. So it's new to me to be thinking, okay, if we do this, this affects this storyline a month from now, or is this guy going to be available in two months if we do this with him now? Thinking long-term is something that's new to me. I'm kind of an entrepreneur, so I launch stuff. I do big events. The the big event's over, and I move on to the next event. So learning how to get into that flow of storytelling and building has definitely been new to me. Um, Dylan does a great job with that. Dylan Freymeyer, who's one of my partners in this business, he's done a really good job with that. But that has definitely been new to me. And then working things out with other promotions. I mean, for example, you've got Matt on. I've never met Matt or talked to Matt, but two of the guys – that we have big storylines in our, in what we do. They were already committed to Matt in December, which is the same night our show is. So, you know, working guys schedule, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of challenges that were new to me in that regard. Steve, do you want to ask yeah, a
3: I, question?
1: I, yeah, I was going to say, you know, wrestling wrestling's definitely um, its own animal in a lot of respects. And, um, you know, Dylan, I, I, something I like about him, I kind of, I love the, I'm obsessed with the storytelling part of it, and I've always wanted to do it, guys. And, you know, it is a breath of fresh air. What What are the, like, I, I understand, you know, you're the promoter, and so it's like everything is coming up roses, but what's something that you're looking forward to, like looking ahead that you think, fuck, you know, like th- this particular thing is going to be a challenge or, uh, I mean, even promotions that we're doing very well, like I'm thinking like, you know, Southern, you know, Southern fried, right. I mean, you don't talk about it much, but like their crowds have kind of tapered off a little bit. Are you afraid? Do you think, do you envision that this thing is going to keep growing and growing and growing? Is it, has it reached a point where you're like, okay, we're happy if we maintain this level of crowd, we're happy. Like, what's your ultimate goal and your concerns? Do you think it's one of these things where once you guys do four or five shows, people are going to be like, okay, seen it, done with it? Or do you think it's something that's yeah. going to grow?
4: I think it's going to continue to grow, obviously. I do think a challenge in that is is because, because we got off to such a hot start is, and we're already in that challenge in our third show, we're already talking about our fortune. We're like, how do we one-up this third show, which we think is an incredible show, that's going to come up in December, and you definitely get in this rut. We even talked about the day. We said, "Man, do we need to put on just a normal show and maybe go yeah. ahead and intentionally set the bar back down a little bit instead of hitting home runs every time?" Because eventually, you can only one up yourself so many times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and So,
4: yeah. um, but I think the benefit of that is is the fact that we're only doing one show a month right now. If we were doing it yeah. twice a month, that'd be a lot harder. And so it gives a long time to build up anticipation. Um, we have a lot of resources that maybe other promotions don't have simply because we don't have the overhead of a building. So we're able to take that yeah. part of our budget, pour it into talent. So I think bringing in fresh faces, um, I think it's going to continue to grow. Ultimately, our goal is to build up to a, you know, we've talked about building up to maybe even being able to run a once a year show in the Cobb Civic Center or something like that you know, a 2,500, 3,000-seat venue. Um, we, um, our building, we believe our building with seats can hold probably right at 750, 800 people. Right now we're laying out about 400 chairs every show and I'm um, selling all those out. Um, so I think that it's going to continue to build. Um, but, again, you always got to be throwing out something new. And obviously independent wrestling is on an upward swing right now. So you ride that wave as long as you can ride it, and when it's time to bail off that wave, you bail off that wave and you regroup and come back with another plan. We're definitely in this for the long haul. Um, We've already been in discussions with several different groups about television, um, local cable. We've been in different – because of some of our connections, we've been already talked to some of the larger promotions about being feeder programs, being affiliate programs. And um, so I think some of the challenges – you asked some of the challenges – I think, is because of the caliber of talent that we're bringing in, we never know how long we're going to have them before they go up north. You know what I mean? And so we're running into that right now with um, Austin Theory. I mean, we thought we were going to have him, and we still don't know how long we're going to have him. But we know that at any moment, let's be honest, he's going up north. You know what I mean? And so um, how long do you build something around somebody? When you know at the end of the day, if a Vov calls, if – NXT calls, they're leaving. You know what I mean? And so that is definitely something that goes into our logic and our thinking when we're writing yeah. out storylines and we're looking long term.
3: Uh Gary, I want to back up to something you, you said the first two you said you're setting out four hundred chairs and selling them all out. Did you do four hundred people at those first two shows?
4: Yeah, our first show we did four oh three and our second show we did four seventeen. Congratulations. So. That's Yeah, that's your guy tremendous. was way off in his report. <laughs> so
3: Yeah, that's so. that is a that's a hell of a start.
4: Yeah, it yeah, we've been blessed. I think one thing we've done really well is and we said this from the beginning too, we just didn't want to be a wrestling show. Um we wanted to be the show where it's where you come in Canton, Georgia on the first Friday of the night of the of the month. And so we've done that whether it's having live music or live bands, or you never know who's going to show up. Dallas showed up the first show, unexpected. We didn't even know he was showing up that show. Um, You know, Rich Ward from Fozzie was at our last show. Um, Just creating a sense of, man, this is the place to be. And the benefit of that, of being in a town like Canton, we don't have a lot of competition. So it's easy to be able to create the it place, you know. And that's Mm -hmm. been amazing to me. So I stand at the back door. I stand at the door every show and shake everyone's hand. You know, I think it's Preacher in me, and um, I shake everyone's hand mm-hmm. if they're leaving, and I'm always asking how they've heard about us. And it's amazing how many people comment, this is the first wrestling show I've ever been to. This is the first wrestling yeah. show I've ever been to. They've just heard the buzz because we've done a really good job of creating buzz in our community.
3: Well, I think you're really to something there in terms of – being in a community where there isn't that much competition. Cause I, that those are the places that seem to work the best in Georgia. People have just died, tried to run and in, run inside Atlanta be for,
4: because yeah, there's we, just we, way, absolutely. way too much going on. Yeah. I own another company called barbecue and brews and that's kind of my bread and butter. I put on barbecue and craft beer festivals and it's the same way. We've been asked to come to Atlantic station a hundred times. And I'm like, no, because there's all, there's 20 festivals a weekend inside the perimeter, you know? Um, we would just blend in by taking these north georgia towns on my festivals we've been able to be very successful and because we're the only show in town when we come and we've kind of taken that same approach with southern honor let's dominate our city and then let's start dominating north georgia and then we'll worry about dominating the entire state of georgia
1: Gotcha. Well, man, please tell us uh, tell us when the show in December is happening. All those speci- uh, specific things, please. Uh
4: December seventh is the first Friday in December. Um, doors open at seven o'clock. The last two shows we've had people start lining up. We, this last show we had people showing up at two thirty to line up. People have been getting in line to get into the shows about two hours early, but we have plenty of seats. I always tell people there's no need to do that. Do- um, doors open at seven. Bell rings at eight. We've got some amazing. I keep joking with you guys doing your award show. I said everybody needs to wait for our last show because I feel like st- we're we're too new to be in contention for anything. But uh, maybe show of the year with our last show, we can pull that off and sneak in. Cool. So, what what can we nice. expect from uh, or what what can we
3: expect from Southern Honor in 2019? Are you going to co- you know one thing I'm wondering? Are you going to continue just with once a month
4: on Friday nights? We have committed to staying with once a month for our first year. Um, okay. That being said, we've talked about taking it on the road. Um, We have definitely had some cities contact us um, about bringing the show there. And so we're looking at that. But, again, we're not quite sure we can pull off what we pull off on the road. It would definitely take a large investment from us in equipment. And if we can't duplicate what we do in our building, we're not taking it on the road because we're a very, very, very heavily produced wrestling show. Um, light, smoke, video, um, I think that's probably what puts us up against above everybody in that particular area in the state. No one can touch us when it comes to production value. So to take that on the road, we've got to make sure we can duplicate that on the road.
3: Well, Gary, thanks so, a lot for giving us some of your time. I promised to get out to Southern Honor in 2019, maybe the January show, and, and, and check it out, because I know I'm missing something, and i got and I got to see it.
4: Like we'd love to have December. you. And I, I thought Steve was going to be a lot harder on me, so I'm, i I'm pretty pleased. So. <laughs> no, I, I mean just, we'll definitely have back you back on back again. He's going to rip me a new one.
1: No, no, I, you know it's, it, you know I have a couple thoughts, but I, you know I, I'm going to see how the December one goes, and we'd love to have you on again and and talk about I, it. I, I would come on any time and.
4: One thing about me is I'm an open book man. So any thoughts you have, I'd love to come on air and let you ask them, and I'd be more than willing to answer them.
1: Right on. Great. Thank you.
4: Thanks a lot. Good luck. Thank you so much, and uh, appreciate you always pushing everything we do, man. You guys have a great night.
3: You too. Thank you.
1: Nice. So,
3: Larry. Yeah.
1: Here's a question from me. So. In 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 a lot of ways, what Gary's saying makes sense, right? I'm glad that they have this thing of we're only going to do one show a month for the first year. But when he gets excited and talks about, you know, we're going to do this, and then we're going to take over North Georgia, and then we're going to take over the state. Uh, you know, we're going to have TV, we're going to have all this, Larry. And this is not me just being like super pessimistic guy, or maybe it is. Is this not the tale that we always hear in independent wrestling promotions. Is this not Cedartown? Is this not any number of promotions that a lot of promotions get off to hot
3: starts? Well, you know, you mentioned Cedartown, and that's probably the best analogy as far as a promotion that had a similar kind of situation where they were the big show in town, Without a lot of competition and got off to a super hot start um yeah. but it didn't last right it it just it it did not last now they never talk t v and I always worry when anyone talks about like real t v like real t v that seems it's just been the downfall of so many promotions, but I don't know what
1: why. if you have a potential eighty million eighty million viewers by the way <laughs> <laughs> sorry um yeah, because i it, i agree with you because tv is the brass ring but it's fool's gold at the same time right i mean i'm just asking for th- just this bit of honesty and i'll just say it you know i was thinking about it today because i was watching a show on you know like cracked like how cracked was that magazine in the 50s and then it became yeah. a website that did pretty well. And they, and they were sort of at the crest of the wave in YouTube in 2010. And their more popular segments would get a million people that would watch them right away. And they still couldn't sustain that business, Larry. With, with putting up segments that would get a million people who would watch instantly, and they still couldn't sustain that business you know, there's wrestling promotions out there that would murder babies for 500,000 viewers. Right. Right. I mean, as much hype as, you know, Lucha underground gets as, you know, impact, you know, impacts really good. Larry, nobody watches it,
4: you know, in realistic
1: terms, nobody's watching, you know, the WWE. Think about this. When we started tipping point, Larry, The WWE had slipped below 4 million viewers on Raw, and we were aghast, right? Now they get – they're lucky if they crack 2.5 million. (laughs) That's where we're at. I
3: I think that's the challenge that all the indies face face now is like what business model works in 2018 where you have this tremendous fragmentation of the viewing audience in an in, 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 in inordinate amount of product out there for people to watch. Um, I think it's going to be real interesting to see how it shakes out in 2019. Very,
1: very interesting. Yeah, I agree. But, and before we bring Matt on and I'll yeah. say this in in Matt's favor, I think the best, you know, cause we've seen, I mean, let's just call call it what it is like Atlanta wrestling entertainment as an Atlanta venture has failed. Now they may go on and do shows elsewhere, but their vision of we're going to, we're going to spark this imaginary audience that, you know, was that went away when WCW closed and we're going to get them back. And it's, it none of it worked, none of it worked, right. <laughs> none of it happened. Um, but I think at this point, what you can do is—and as lame as this might sound to some people—is make great art. That's about all you can hope to do, and then stick around long enough to get the audience. And I, I think that's much more analogous to what action wrestling is doing.
3: Yeah. Well, let's My so opinion. let's bring on somebody who so far has been doing uh, making some pretty great art out there in Tyrone, Georgia. Uh, Joining the Tiffy Point now, promoter Matt Griffin of Action Wrestling. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. uh, Back, guys.
3: Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man.
1: So, did Matt? Did you hear? Did you hear Gary when he was on?
0: I heard about the last ten minutes of it. I was. uh, I had a very important appointment at Massage Envy that I was taking care of, so I (laughs) appreciate you moving. Back to, that's a that's a shoot, brother. Right out of nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> that's a shoot, brother. So I appreciate you moving back to starting point so that I could come on after uh, my appointments. That was nice. Um yeah uh, But yes, I caught I caught about the last ten minutes of it.
1: So, Matt, you know, my contention is I'm of two minds on Gary because I don't really know him. And Gary himself seems surprised that I didn't, quote, unquote, like go after him harder. But there's nothing to go after. They've had two fucking shows, right? So w- one, thing that, one thing that I was concerned with was part of him sounds very rational, you know, like we're, gonna, we're this controlled thing. But then when I hear him talk, Matt, and I know you've gone through this. I hear every bullshit promoter that I've ever heard in wrestling. Right? There's gonna be TV. No, we're gonna no, get bigger. Everything
0: is gonna be great. We're gonna revolutionize. We're gonna take over. We're gonna dominate. We're gonna. I've never heard these terms before, Stephen. These things. <laughs> this is this is amazing. New, uh, revolutionizing, and not happening anywhere else in independent wrestling. <laughs>
1: So Matt, here's my take, and I think I just said it before we brought you on as a nice little segue, but uh, I'm not so sure the goal of wrestling promotions. And I mean, you know, you can argue, who am I to say I don't run one anymore? Blah blah blah. But from what I see in my experience, but but let
0: me let me make it let me make a point. You have run one. You have been there. You're not somebody who doesn't have firsthand knowledge. So your opinion. Is going to matter a lot more than somebody who sits there and criticizes somebody who is going out, renting a building, securing a ring, putting up posters, flyers, putting together a payroll, a budget, paying talent to put on a show. So your that your viewpoint is a lot more valid than I don't know Wouldn't ninety worry. ninety five people
3: in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah what do know I? I don't know. I don't know shit about that, right? <laughs> well, oh.
1: but, but Max, you're. Here's here's what I'm getting at. Like, am, am, is my sort of instinct correct or is it incorrect that at this point what you can do primarily is make great art, meaning, you know, put on a fucking good show where things link up in logical ways from one show to the next, and it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, like, my problem with wrestling has always been, they mostly had a sprinter's mentality, right? We're going to take over this. We're going to do this. And we're going to take over everything. Blah, 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 And in reality, it's a grind, right? And I, I mean, I just, from where I sit, I see that you guys are like, they're doing good fucking shows. Like Larry loves them. And Larry doesn't like anything anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that tells me that you guys are doing Right. Um, is that is that your thought that we're gonna do good fucking shows and we're in it for the long haul, or am I being too simplistic and it's like no steve we we have these sort of promotional designs as well
0: um well, first off, I am glad that I go against the trend of some promoters and I am inviting and imploring Larry Goodman to come to my shows and write reports, which means I'm proud of the product <laughs> um you yeah. Well, there's two aspects, really, to wrestling. There's the creative part, the in-ring part, the actual show itself. You know, there's plenty of wrestling promotions that put on fantastic shows, and you have to go on YouTube or go get DVDs or get the WWE Network to watch them because they no longer exist. And then Mm. there's the business aspect of it, is what you're doing – not only art that you enjoy putting on, is it commercially viable? Will somebody mm. put down $10 for a ticket to come see it? So, thankfully, uh, with with how Action has started, uh, um, I, I feel like we're both. We are commercially viable. Um, this is going to be our sixth show on December 7th. Uh, we had four shows at the Action Arena in Tyrone, Georgia, Uh, We also had a fifth show that was a a paid show, a spot show, where we were able to bring in some different outside talent. Um, But, you know, thankfully on the first four shows, we've done for our nonprofit partners about $11,000. So, you know, and, and at the same time, we're having shows where, Wrestlers are wanting to come in. My my message is I get quite a bit of messages, you know, um, with people wanting to come in. I've got a list of guys I want to get in um, that I just don't have spots for. There's people I have ideas, but I'm not going to run a nine-match or ten-match show. So, um, you know, thankfully we're both. However, I've been doing this running shows now for basically six months. That's the easy part um it, when when you're getting into wrestling, running a first show is easy that's that's not a business that's just a spot show that's just an event. The business aspect of is you know um great, stay you drew two hundred people well it, are all two hundred people gonna be back at your next show? almost certainly not, so you have to create new fans yeah. um you know uh so so thankfully we've we've been both commercially viable and artistically um satisfying to me and to a lot of people um I don't know if that answers your question it does but, but you know it's such a it's such a weird thing you you know yes as a promoter, you probably um would think the same way I've had this conversation I've even tweeted about it. You have two friends of mine. I just sold two tickets i'm gonna sell every ticket i have I'm gonna sell out. Or, it's been a couple of days since I sold any tickets. I'm done. I'm not going to sell any more. This is what I'm going to get. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the two, it's like those are the two feelings that I alternate between. And I just had a conversation today with another um, well-known uh, promoter running a big promotion. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the feelings that you, you go through. But if you're pr- promoting a good product and you're doing it the right way, it's going to be successful, but you have to make sure that the groundwork is stable and people want what you're putting out. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and I think you've got to mitigate what the definition of success is. There's the promotions that, like, bullshit themselves, right? We're successful because blah, 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 and, and you know, it has nothing to do with, I mean, I almost asked Gary the question of, but did you make money? But I was afraid to ask that question because I would have gotten a bullshit answer. Because you know, like, I, I would have
0: got this. It, it, yes, you would. You probably would have. I don't know what they did. I've heard different things. Um, I know what I did, and if necessary, I would prove it. Um, you know, not that that's a challenge. But, you know, I, I know what I've done, and I put it out there. Um, there's lots of people who run shows that are successful, and I, I look at what the draw was. You know, you can kind of estimate, or you might see a report of it, and it's like, okay, what was their average ticket price? What were their potential yeah. concessions? And then you're like, okay, they can't have many sponsors. It's, how does this make sense yeah. start adding up some of the cost just in talent? And you're like, wait a second. I haven't even figured it in the building in the ring, and I have no way, idea how they made money. So, that's not really a business that's that's being a money mark you know i i had this conversation with david manders my uh one of my best friends in pro wrestling who's running southern fried uh you know sometimes you will lose money but over the long haul if you're making money every show then you're running a business um if you're not are you really running a professional wrestling business or are you just money marking your own shows because you want a fantasy book
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, you know, uh,
1: this is just an aside, but I used to hand out surveys at PCW shows, especially the ones, that, the smaller ones at Avondale State, because I just well, I wanted to know who was coming, what the percentages were of new people each show. And even that little sample group, like, I, I learned so much, and I just went, oh, yeah. Cause Uh, Again, it's, you know, the contrast, Gary, it's just, you know, oh, we got 400 chairs and we've sold them all out and we've done that for two shows. So he's starting in his mind with this baseline of these 400 people that are always going to be there. And and, uh, it's just not realistic. It's just not going to happen. I don't even care. Um, I mean, I can think of the promotions that – were able to have sustained runs like wild side, you know, where they really had a hot angle where, you know, you had the, you know, Satan's, you know, devil's rejects versus the elite. And, and, you know, they were just packing them in again and again and again, but again, like, I don't know, like Matt, I'll just ask this with action. Where do you see it going? Like, do you see, Growth? Do you see holding steady? Like, what, I know what. You, I, basically, what would you love to happen, and what do you think realistically is going to happen?
4: Well,
0: um, as far as growth, I mean, everybody should want growth. But considering how many promotions appear on the scene, make a big splash, run a few shows, and disappear, isn't it just maintaining at the point where if you're maintaining. A, a successful baseline where you can pay all the guys and take some, yeah. take home some money to run another show. Isn't that really success? Um, I mean, but as far as growth goes, you know, I run these shows, I mean, at a personal loss. Yes, I admit it. I've done, uh, I've, I run my shows at the action arena as benefits because I love to raise money for my nonprofits. Uh, next week's show, as you've probably seen, benefits Toys for Tots. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's a, I, I'm, I'm able to keep costs low. It's it's very minimal. So I don't know. I mean, growth, you know, if to me would be making more money for nonprofits. Like if I made uh, another thousand uh, dollars next year for uh, for Make a Wish or for a, a benefit against military veteran suicide, that would be growth to me. Um, but I do have some um, – I mean, I do have a lot of success in my community. My fair show that I ran, uh, the Founders Day Festival on October 11th, I had the town mayor and, and two of the council members at the show, and they had a great time, stayed the whole hour and a half, and loved it. That's planting seeds. Yeah. So so now when yes. I, I run, uh, I'm I'm running – and, and this, this is actually very relevant um, because – March 22nd, I haven't talked about it too much because I'm going to start pushing that after my December 7th show. March 22nd, I have a show at Sandy Creek High School in Tyrone, which is about a mile and a half away. Um, I'm going to be keeping the same bell time and the same night, so it'll be a Friday night at 7:30. And I, I, you know, I realistically don't know how many people will will port over from the Action Arena. To a high school, it's the same. It's the exact same community. It's about a mile and a half, but I don't know to do a lot of work to expand it. Um, it's yeah. going to be a benefit for the wrestling team and the high school band. But the ta- the the mayor of the town is one of the band boosters. So again, I made a good impression in October, and I'm going to be speaking with him very soon about the show at Sandy Creek High School. And you know, with the high school shows when you get into a big high school gym. The sky's the limit with attendance, so i I don't know what it would what would be successful if i did if I did four hundred people, would that be a success? I mean, yes, four hundred people would absolutely be very profitable to donate to the school, but I'm not looking to put money in my pockets. Um, I've been very clear with a lot of the guys who come wrestle for me. my goal is to get you above action, get you out of the state of Georgia to get you on to to bigger independent wrestling shows. Um, I just had I, I just had success uh, at my last show in October October 26th. Um, Kerry Awful is the booker for Pro Wrestling Freedom in Indiana. Uh, we'd been discussing AC Mack, and I'd also put in his ear about a couple other guys. One of them was Alan Angels. Um, at the end of the night, they came and got me and asked me to cut a promo because they booked uh, Kerry that night booked AC Mack and Alan Angels to go up December PWF debuts. So it's like, great, That that is my my creative goal and my personal goal. Um, I've joked with some of the guys that growth would be never having to pay for NXT tickets. Growth would be being able to yep. go backstage Monday night and see one of my guys on TV. Um, or, or to find, you know, suddenly they've got 10,000 Twitter followers. And, uh, you know, I know that the guys with Southern Underground Pro and us at Scenic City we're proud that Marco Stunt was able to, through Sup and through SCI, get onto uh, a major level with the Janela shows, and then all in, uh, and then be able to travel the country basically um, until his unfortunate uh, accident uh, a week and a half ago. Um, yeah. So that that's my goal. That's that's my goal. That's what I would consider growth. I don't know if I can properly classify, you know, whether I do 500 people or 1,000 people, I don't know necessarily if that means I'm successful or I just had one big event. I think you have to define success as if we're having this conversation um, next year and I'm planning a December 2019 show. That would be successful. I don't care about about TV. I already have TV. All my events are on Powerbomb TV. You can see Every single action match there's been. Um, you know, I've we live streamed our second event on Powerbomb TV. That's amazing. Uh, we have a match. Um, we have a match spot. I, I'm definitely not going to announce uh, for some time what the match is going to be because I don't and I don't necessarily know what it is. But the Powerbomb Show at the GCW's Collective Weekend, uh, WrestleMania Weekend, Action Wrestling has a match. We haven't been around – we've been around barely six months. Yeah. But lots of the things with growth, they haven't been – they haven't really required me to take much in the way of financial risk. Um, I'm trying to play conservative. Um, Yeah. I mean, this high high school show, March 22nd, I hope does well because I have two other things that are in discussion uh, also at high schools. Um, there's nothing confirmed I don't have anything ready to announce December seventh as of yet um, but i consider i consider you know if I can continue to run big shows i don't care about t v um I see what and and I've watched independent wrestling landscape for you know years I mean you talk about n w a wildside I wrestled there for five years, yeah, so
1: absolutely so I
0: saw I saw what Bill Behrens was doing. I just talked with Bill Behrens at the Southern Fried Show on Thanksgiving, which I don't know if you guys mentioned it uh, opening the show, but I was there and saw Larry. And my God, what a fantastic, what a fantastic event that David Manders and Todd Sexton put on. I'll tell you.
3: Yeah, um, we we have we did not talk about it, but couldn't couldn't agree more. Uh, Matt, before we let you go, you want to g- give us any particulars on the show coming up next Friday? Please.
0: Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's a benefit for Toys for Tots. It's going to be in Tyrone, Georgia, at the Roger Spencer Community Center. Uh, if you don't follow us on Facebook, Wrestling, uh, we're Facebook.com/actionwrestling1. It's the same for Instagram, Action Wrestling One. On Twitter, we're Wrestle Action and the number one. Uh, so you can find out information there. But it'll be 7:30 December 7th. Um, This is our sixth show, and we're finally crowning an action champion. Um, So the main event will be Ike Cross versus Kane Justice versus AC Mack versus Slim J in a four-way elimination match. Um, (laughs) Oh, Lord. Wow, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think I might have some ideas for that. (laughs) Hey, um... Uh, I'm also uh, personally bringing in PCO Pierre-Carl willette to take on my personal nemesis, Billy Buck. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've got the definitely not suspended from action, Alan Angels and O'Shea Edwards, uh, another top guy. E- each of those guys have got to be in contention and, uh, and at least nominated for Most Improved. Wrestler in Georgia no. for 2018, by the way.
3: Yeah. Um, they're both nominated, they're ta- and I think they'll both be on the ballot. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, good. Okay, good. But those two are taking on James Bandy and Ryan Rembrandt. I've also got Aja Pereira taking on Ark Williams from Chicago. Uh, and there's a few more things I have not announced yet. Um, I did have Marco Stunt booked, but obviously – Uh, He's going to be out for some time And uh, I'm going to be announcing uh, The other couple matches Uh, Oh uh, also I have a rematch Of what you said was the best uh, One of the best matches in Georgia all year Uh, Larry with Eric Royal versus Fred Yeah Which uh, I mean The first match blew my expectations away I expected it to be good I don't know if I expected it to be great But it was fantastic Yes. Um, yeah. Um, but all that's going to go down the, the general admission is 10 bucks, And like I said, all proceeds will benefit Toys for Tots. And if you're so inclined, I would absolutely love for people to attend and bring an unwrapped toy to donate for Toys for Tots.
1: Yes, sir.
0: And I'm hoping you'll be there, Larry, because I want you to be there. and I, I I love the fact that one of your favorite shows of the year is the one action show that you weren't at. That is. Yeah. So, <laughs> that
3: is so busy. Well, uh, great, man. Thanks. Thanks a lot for giving us some of your time. And, uh, I we're gonna do everything I can to get there next Friday.
0: I appreciate it. I'd keep talking and running my mouth if you'd let me. So you're, you're good to cut me off. i stop talking. <laughs>
1: Well, Matt, thanks for coming on And best of luck with everything And, of course, we'd always love to have you on again You know, it was great to talk to
0: Anytime You guys uh, know I appreciate it And uh, I will put in one more plug February 8th yes, and February 9th There's going to be a double shot weekend uh, The Action Wrestling Show Will be on February 8th here For people traveling in from out of town On February 9th The Scenic City Rumble will be held In uh, just two hours away in the Chattanooga area, we have we have not yet announced the venue. Uh, That's going to be happening real soon.
1: Right on. Thank you for being
3: on, Matt.
0: I appreciate it.
3: So, Stephen, we're in overtime, but I want to touch on two things before we go. One, please. uh, Matt uh, Matt mentioned Marco Stunt a couple times, and that's one of the things I Mm -hmm. wanted to touch on earlier was the Game Changer show, uh, Joey Janela's show in L.A. that saw David Arquette get his neck sliced open in a lightning spot with Nick Gage and Marco Stunt getting his leg broken uh, on a Canadian destroyer into a table. My question yeah. to you as a promoter, former promoter, is how, how much is the promoter culpable for those kinds of things going on? It seemed kind of like really unfortunate for both guys, really unfortunate, super unfortunate for Marco Stunt, since he's getting so much, uh, you know, he got so much momentum going at that point. But what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, you presented this question to me, and I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'll answer it as succinctly as I can. It is 100% the promoter's fault. Um, accidents happen, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's get that bullshit out of the way. Of course, accidents happen, and of course, you know, you can't predict everything, blah, blah, blah. But I am of the mind that promoters set the culture and tenor of the show. And if you have a show where being reckless is Part of the atmosphere, with the with the sort of like blatant endorsement of the promoter, shit's gonna happen. Um, something, and I mean it's not that pe- promoters don't make mistakes, but at the same time, uh, you know, like I was, ECW is a great example. Now. ECW looking at it through the sort of rose colored glasses of history people are like oh it's it's wonderful but it, how, how liable is Paul Heyman and this is going to sound incredibly brutal but it, it's a good extreme example how many guys from ECW died early and are completely fucked up and you know just their this sort of permissive attitude about the drug taking and all that other shit now You know, it's going to sound like I'm a prude, but what I'm getting at is, is Paul Heyman culpable for having a very permissive locker room and a show atmosphere that was, if you want to be a star, you got to fucking murder yourself and the other guy. Of course, Paul Heyman is responsible. We can sit here and nitpick who booked what angle. And of course, the wrestlers were willing to do it. Of course they were. But at the same time, it's the promoter. The buck's got to stop somewhere. And in my mind, it stops with the promoter. Did anybody ever get hurt on a PCW show? Yeah, of course they did. But I would say that there are shows where serious injuries were certainly much more likely to occur because of the kind of atmosphere and the control or lack thereof shown by the promoter. That's my mm-hmm. short answer is he's completely responsible because the, now if the boys went into business by them, for themselves, that's a different thing. But you know what? That ties into the promoter, too, because there's certain promoters that you don't do that to, right, because they have a stronger hand and a stronger culture in the locker room where it's, you know, there's a fine line between letting the boys run and sort of encouraging them to run. Recklessly, and it's right. clear that David Arquette was—I uh, mean—exploited and fucked over. And this is not me saying David Arquette's great, but I mean—and f- here's the here's a brutal question, Larry: For what? Yeah, guy got his leg broken. For what? Right. David Arquette got fucked up. For what? It's stupid. It's
4: you don't have an assumption
1: what I love that Matt Griffin said was just like, you know, the goal, our goal is to get you somewhere else. And I think, you know, and he was able to talk what were the main events for his shows. And one thing I'll say for Gary, I never once heard, you know, we want the guys to get jobs elsewhere. And I never heard what the fucking main event of their December shows were like, again, like small stuff, but it's stuff that does tell me something right? And promoters have a responsibility. The WWE has a responsibility. There was a time a couple of years ago, Larry, where I would see stuff that was really dangerous in the raw ring. Like, you know, the guys were like throwing each other into the post and it was always awkward and weird. And it seemed like they were always just very lucky that something horrible didn't happen. Um, You know, when Nia Jax busts open Becky Lynch, everybody's reaction is, boo, Nia Jax, right? My first reaction was, what the fuck is going on where that could even happen? You know, to me, it runs deeper than a wrestler screwing up a spot. It, it, it speaks to a culture of recklessness and how much the girls feel pushed, Right. And, and, you know, blame can go all around, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, and again, how bad is that show and that those news stories, the guy breaks his leg, David Arquette gets fucked up. It's so bad for wrestling, you know, like just when wrestling is getting over this thing of remember when combat zone, whenever anybody thought independent pro wrestling, what did they think of? Oh, they taped some guy to the ring ropes and hit him with the weed whacker. You know, yeah, the damage yeah, yeah. that caused me as a promoter that I was <laughs> not even close to the same state, not even within five years of that happening, but that made such an indelible negative impression. It's sort of in the same way. The early UFC stuff in like the, you know, in 1991 made it so it was really hard for them to get licensed decades later in certain states, right? Because it was human cockfighting, right? That's what they would always say. And it was really hard to argue when you could show a clip of, you know, guys getting their teeth knocked out or stuff that just looked like butchery. Right. So again, promoters have the, ultimately the buck's got to stop somewhere and I don't care what anybody fucking says. It stops or it should stop and start with the promoter.
3: Asked and answered. Thank you.
1: Absolutely.
3: Um, uh, Last thing I just wanted to say, the uh, nominations are flowing in for the, for the 2018 annual wrestling awards. Yes. Keep those nominations coming. You can send them in to my Facebook page or to the email l a goodman u s at yahoo dot com. Either one of those will work just fine. I can say so far, Stephen, um, no like in the, as far as the nomination goes, it's all real credible stuff. No real like crazy weird ballot stuffing type nominations. It's been <laughs> it all it. Uh, it uh, seems like we, we're, we're well on track to have a, a, a you know, really solid line of up and down in all the categories.
1: And that's, and that's great. That's what it should be. And it will make those awards that much more meaningful and that much more interesting. You know, Larry, we're coming up on it. In, when we're back in two weeks, we'll be almost in mid-December. And then, you know, It'll be a show or two after that. It'll be the awards show. So definitely get those nominations in, you know, get those nominations in.
3: We've been doing the awards for the first uh, Tuesday night or the first, our first show of January. And I guess we'll, you know, we'll stick with that. It'll be the first show of the new year is when we'll do it. And uh, uh, we'll let the nominations run for at least another week or so before we cut, cut that off and then start, you know, getting the ballots out. So keep them coming.
1: Absolutely. And Larry and I, I mean, in a, couple of weeks we'll definitely have a great guest larry you've been done a gangbusters job by the way of bringing on guests um, that are relevant and interesting uh, to the georgia scene and um, that's been really great and uh, i'm looking forward to looking at those nominees on the next show and see what's going on
3: okay and i can tell you that i'm not sure in what order we're going to have these guys on but upcoming guests will be carrie awful Uh, will be on. Uh, O'Shea Edwards is going to be on at some point. I think I mentioned before the um, Kylie Ray is going to come on at some point. So we've got some folks coming on that ought to be interesting to talk with. Fantastic. Well,
1: thank you for tuning in as always, our loyal and wonderful listeners and, you know, Dan Masters. And Larry and I will see you in two weeks on The Tipping Point.
3: We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio
2: Network.
3: Stay tuned
0: to Georgia for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.